From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. I hope you're excited to uh, hang out with us today. I know we are excited to have you. Uh, We are um, in the, I think, the final discussion, maybe, uh, of this Abrahamic covenant. Uh, If you recall, over the last couple weeks, we have uh, really uh, been uh, exploring the Word of God and uh, what he, what he has to say to us uh, about uh, the Abrahamic covenant, uh, and um, man, we we've spent, gosh, uh, guys, we, we we've unpacked the lay the foundation. Uh, we have um, talked about the uh, historical um, and even doctrinal applications there. Uh, we have uh, compared those things or, or, or looked at current events uh, through the lens of these things that the Word of God says that would happen before they happened, which is how he says multiple times throughout his Word, it's how he does, it's how he works. Um, he, 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 uh, he calls a thing before it is. Um, so, um, man, it's, it's been a great discussion over these last couple of weeks. We hope you've enjoyed it. I know we have for sure. Um, but uh, today, I, I hope you are ready to um, maybe bring it home a, a little bit more uh, practically, I suppose, um, because we have been talking about Israel a great deal. We've been talking about um, uh, Abraham a great deal, Ishmael, um, you know, all, all of those things that surrounding that. Uh, but today, we're going to go in, in a um, uh, more uh, spiritual direction and uh, see how uh, this uh, specific covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, uh, applies to to you and, and to me. Uh, for those of us who are um, in Christ uh, in the local new, or in the New Testament church, and uh, so we're we're hoping that um, this is a help to you as the other ones as well. Um, th- this component, uh, I would not say, is any more or less important um, than the historical or the doctrinal, uh, but it, it is. Um, important nonetheless. And so uh, we hope this will be a great help to you uh, as far as where you find yourself today, where we are here uh, in the New Testament church. Um, so the first thing that comes to my mind uh, is Romans chapter 4. Um, so if, if you're going to track with us uh, at some point in, in the next several minutes, we're, we're definitely going to be over there. Um, but uh, guys, so this is a discussion about how uh, this... Um, how we in the New Testament church are, uh, as Paul says there, grafted into mm-hmm. um, in, into uh, this covenant. And, and so um, it's important to understand what that means and what that doesn't mean. And that's the the spiritual side of this. You know, That's where we come in. Uh, we referenced last week, I think, uh, the difference between the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so we may want to spend a little bit of time just to kind of uh, review some of that. Uh, maybe not a great deal because we have several episodes on that our listeners can go back to, but um, what do we need to understand as far as uh, our role in being grafted into uh, this this covenant, so to speak? Yeah, so uh, I would turn our attention back to Genesis 12. Okay. Okay, where um, God is making some uh, uh, I will statements to Abraham. And uh, certainly there is some... Um, uh, you know, a, a great nation, uh, a blessed thee, uh, make your name great. Right. Blessed thee that blessed thee and cursed thee that cursed thee. And unto thy seed, I will give you this land, he says. But he, then he also says this. He says, and in thee, all families of the earth 
will be blessed. All families. All families. That's, that's so this is where we come in now. Okay. Okay. We are certainly part of the all families. Mm-hmm. And and why? What what how is it that we were going to be blessed? Were we going to be blessed because we were going to get the promises that were given to Israel? No. No. That is not how we were going to get blessed. No. We were going to get be blessed because through Israel, a particular seed was going to come mm, yeah, I and be born. And when that seed came and when that seed was born and when that seed died on the cross, was he cut off for himself? Mm-mm. No. Right. He was cut off for and for God so loved the world. world. Sure. Okay, so this is how we get into the promise. Okay. We don't get into the promise because we're stealing promises given to Israel. Yeah. We get into the promises because Jesus was going to die on that cross for the world. Mm-hmm. That's how we get, and that was promised. Mm-hmm. Again, we call this the Abrahamic covenant, the dispensation of promise. promise. Yeah. We also get in. God always, he, he didn't choose Israel because Israel was better than anybody else or because Israel was cooler than anybody else or that Israel was more in number, God says. Mm-hmm. He goes, I chose you because it was going to be through you my plan was going to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why he chose them. Mm-hmm. So uh, was, was, was God uh, being uh, unfair by choosing Israel and not choosing somebody else? No, this, that is where he was going to continue his plan through. The problem is for Israel was they got puffed up about that thing. Mm. We're God's chosen people. And they just did not fulfill their plan. And can I just say this? We better be very careful church because mm. we do the same thing. We get very puffed up about ourselves mm-hmm. thinking that we're some special thing. And, and we are. There is a special thing that happens with the church as the bride of Christ. But don't get to the place where that special thing becomes all about us. We're only special because of what he has made us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So as you're talking about that, it's making me think of this verse now, how we, the church, get into this thing and this part of the the, the covenant of Abraham. And it makes me think of of the verse in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. Uh, because you were just talking about how all the nations of the world mm-hmm. will be blessed through that. Mm-hmm. And in Galatians 3.8, it says this, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In these shall all the nations be blessed. So what is that talking about? There's something spiritual to this. That's that, And he even says the word gospel that he preached to Abraham. It's foreseeing something else, another aspect of this, the spiritual aspect. So, so let me ask you this, Chris. You can. What is the difference between Uh-oh. the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus Christ? Kingdom of heaven to the Jews. Gospel of Jesus Christ, which what saves us, the death, burial, and resurrection, kingdom of God. I mean, that is such a fundamental understanding mm-hmm. that we must understand. <laughs> yeah. I can say it that way. Because if you mess that up, man, you, you're going to get yourself into some, some spiritual suicide mm-hmm. real fast. Quickly. And man, I'm just telling you, and I don't say this arrogantly, I don't say this pridefully, I don't say this that I'm happy about it or anything like that, because at the end of the day, it's what Satan has done. And so I say this because 
it is honestly terrifying. Mm. It's sad. It's very uh, disheartening. Mm-hmm. I, but there are so many people mm. that do not understand what you just said. Yeah. And because they don't understand it, they take things that were given to a Jew and they steal it from themselves. I, I mean, listen, have you ever been in a, a, a church where you'll see like the pastor anoint with oil somebody who's sick within the church? Mm. Have you ever seen that? Not in I have. person, not in person. I have. I've had it happen to me, actually. Can, can, <laughs> can I just tell you something? Where do you find that? Where does it say to do that? The book of James. Right, James is written to the Jew. That's right. Stop stealing stuff that was given to the Jew and taking it for the church because I'm telling you, there is spiritual implications to all that that we're going to pay the price for if you d- if you delve into that stuff. So what you're saying is you might want to pay attention to the audience to whom is being spoken. Who it was written to <laughs> matters. Who it was written to is so key. It, it it does now. Can we be, be can we be anointed by the Spirit spiritually for healing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. That's what, so you got to understand the difference between the physical and the spiritual. And I'm telling you, man, we don't. Mm. We have lost it. Sure. We and and what we're doing is, and can I just say this with 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 all sincerity? We're stealing God's glory by doing it. Oh, yeah. Because we're making God out to be a liar. We don't realize it. Mm. God made some promises to these people. Stop stealing those promises. Stop mm-hmm. stop taking those things that were given to these people and taking them for yourselves because then what you're doing is you're contradicting what God said and making him a liar. We don't realize it. We obviously wouldn't come out and straight say it, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you watch when 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 folks are doing what they're doing, speaking in tongues and churches and and all the, the apostles and all that, you're stealing something that was given to a specific people group for a specific reason. Yeah, you don't know what that reason was for. You don't get it. You're stealing it now, and you don't understand. You're stealing His glory by doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In particular, it makes me think of Revelation chapter 2 and verse 9 when he's talking to the church at Smyrna. He says, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty. This is what we're talking about and on Thursday nights that Pastor Robert's going into. It's probably why it's fresh on my mind. He says, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And I think you even talked about that last episode or mentioned it, that that's what they're doing. They're, they're people who are making themselves, taking the things that belong to the Jews and and. and he says that's the synagogue of Satan because that's where he lies. Well, and, and and some might say, well, why why is that so important? What's what's going? What do you mean you are stealing his glory? Like, what, what 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 are you saying there? Okay, because we have to remember what God's specific plan was. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when God makes an I will statement, He's doing that for a reason. He's trying to accomplish a piece of His specific plan. In this aspect, when you start stealing something that was given to the Jew, okay, what are you, what are you stealing? L- let me explain to you. God is going to put his son on the throne of David. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. kingdom of Israel mm-hmm. is a major player yeah. in all of this. It is the epicenter of Scripture. Oh, yeah. That is who he chose to be the nation where he was going to put his son on that throne and who gets the throne 
gets the glory. Mm-hmm. So when you start stealing things from that, you're stealing from his glory. You better be careful. You better make sure that you're going down the right paths and that you're doing the right things. Because if you're not, God will not share his glory with another. I promise you he won't. And he takes his glory very, very seriously. And I would even say this, he takes his word pretty serious too because he's magnified it Mm -hmm. above his very name. Mm -hmm. And, And we can't, Jesus was full of, of grace mm-hmm. and truth. Mm-hmm. And he showed forth the glory of the father. Don't steal what was given and where that's going and take it for yourself. And this Abrahamic covenant is, although it is providing the spiritual avenue that grafts us into these promises, the grafting into these promises was not, now hear me out. Okay. Why did God give that land to Israel for Israel? For him. For his namesake, yeah. Why did God give the promise of grafting us in? For who? Mm. Again, for him. But you want to know what we do? Want to know what we do? Yeah. We go try to steal stuff. Sure. Yeah. You're stealing his glory by doing Mm -hmm. that. Sure. You're missing it. You're missing it. Yeah. You think it's yours. Why? Because you want to make it about you. Well, it's just like how we read the Bible, the applications that we talk about, um, the, the, the biggest thing that we care about, honestly speaking, is how it pertains to me. And, and man, that is important. Uh, but th- this Bible is not, all of it is not written to us, though it is for us, but it's not all about us. Right. And, and we, whether we realize it or not, like to uh, superimpose ourselves into every promise that God makes through his entire word. Mm-hmm. And every... Um, every truth and blessing and all those things, we want to extrapolate and to apply those to us. And that's where a lot of these, a lot of this confusion and uh, what is the word that you said earlier today? Cockapooey. Cockapooey. <laughs> Cockapooey comes in <laughs> with with the things you mentioned, with, with the speaking in tongues and and rolling around the floors and you know all the the hoopla and and the the, the apostles and all this stuff and ele- the the charismatic elevating experience over truth. And it, it, it's gotten us in a place today where we find ourselves in the Laodicean church. Well, that's the thing. I was just going to say, where, where, where's the evidence of that? Sure. We're in the seventh church age of the Laodicea. Yeah. But that's what happens when you take the devotional, applicational, practical, whatever you want to call it, aspect of uh, the scriptures and you focus on that and you make it, you're making the Bible all about, about me, which is Laodicea. Yeah. What ends up happening though, is that, and without even realizing it, what happens is that you, that, that uh, devotional ends up becoming the doctrinal. Well, it, it just takes the place of that because right. that, that ends up being, this is what it's doctrinally all about. The most but important. It, right. Yeah. It, it automatically happens when you, when you park there and you make it all about you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think, um, you know, Romans nine mm-hmm. talk, talks obviously about how we're going to get grafted in, but but do know that when you read Romans nine, God puts a warning out to us as well, and He said, "Hey, listen, you know, just just know that as Israel became a wild <laughs> bunch, <laughs> if you do the same, don't think that uh, penalties aren't going to come for you either." Right, and I don't know why we don't. 
notice that. Sure. Uh, but it certainly says that in the Romans 9 passage. Well, we have no problem taking the blessings for ourselves. We're just, we're just not going to... Those gonna, are easy. Yeah. yeah right. Those but, are easy. But the other stuff, eh. Well, that's, that, 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 that's the wrongly <laughs> dividing... Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, God is a God of love. No, no, no question. And my, matter of fact, he is love. And we only Amen. love him because he first loved us. Amen. There, there's no question about that. But, but unfortunately, what has happened in the church today is that's the only God we preach. Mm. God is also a God of wrath. And he will not share his glory with another. And anybody that tries to take his glory from him, he's got something for them. And, 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 and yeah. that judgment is coming too. Mm. And lest we be ignorant to Satan's devices, uh, do note whether you're a Christian or not, uh, judgment's coming for us too. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, 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 and although our judgment may not be in the realm of salvation, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, mm-hmm. by the way, it's only because of what he did. Amen. Uh, our judgment will not go well either if we have done things in our life that stole his glory yeah. and didn't give him his glory. Mm-hmm. And we do that simply as, as, as in its most fundamental way. We can do that by not doing the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just don't do the work of the Lord and you have stolen his glory. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. Cause that's your purpose. You have no other purpose. That's why he left you here. He didn't let, leave you here to live your best life now. Mm. No. Who's that about? You. Sure. No. He didn't leave you here so you can go on vacations every weekend, so you can go enjoy your life and yeah, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. You know, yeah, I'm a sinner. I'll make some mistakes, but God loves me and his grace and everything's good. No. You're stealing his glory. He left you here. He gave you his grace. He gave you his spirit. He put his tabernacle inside of you so you could go do the work of the Lord, so you can get other sons of God to bring him glory. Amen. You don't do that. You're stealing his glory. Okay. There's no other way around it. Mm. That's what you're doing. If you don't believe me, go read John 17. Mm. Go read it. Yeah. Man, just read it. Look what he says. And 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 we you know, but we think in somewhere in our warped minds, you know, we've got this 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 attitude that uh that this is all about us. And and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize we're doing it. And and hence the reason uh, we live in a Laodicean uh, age. So, so let's talk uh, uh, about this uh, thing of of of, of uh, where where we get the idea that we have replaced Israel. So, uh, listen, uh, I have done uh, many many studies on this subject. Uh, I have had in, I've had uh, uh, many uh, discussions uh, with. Uh, many, many folks from many different denominations, Jehovah Witness, Mormon, uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventist, mm. uh, uh, and uh, Roman Catholics, uh, and even in Baptist churches, even in uh, Protestant churches, uh, where they have this idea in their mind that they have replaced Israel, all of them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, where we're, we're, you know, and, and it changes which denomination you're talking about, but it happens. It's happening all over the place. And listen, at the end of the day, the biggest scripture that they're going to go to, because it's really the only scripture they have, is Romans two. It's the only way you could even surmise that we have replaced Israel. There's nothing. There's nowhere else you could go to to make that 
that claim with any real confidence uh, uh, at all. Okay, so Romans 2 is the only place you could potentially make that claim. So for me, I'm going to say this. If the only thing you have is one place you could go to, that's a pretty dangerous thing mm-hmm. right there to begin with. Sure. And you can start trying to bring me to some of these other passages, and I've seen them, man, and I'm telling you, man, don't bring me to Hebrews to try to explain. Hebrews wasn't written to you. Right. Don't bring me to James. Right. James wasn't written to you. Yep. Don't bring me to Matthew. Matthew wasn't written to you. There's your problem. Mm-hmm. You, 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 so you can't use those verses to try to make your claim. You're losing me because... You're not even you, you got the wrong book to the wrong people group. Again, you got to okay, know so the audience. The only the only book that you got that's going to work for you is Romans chapter 2. Okay, so let's let's look at this passage okay. and let's see if we can understand uh, what's going on here. So where do you want to uh, start? So so well, uh, let's start here. So what's going on? What what why did Paul write Romans? Mm-hmm. What was the purpose of the book of Romans to begin with? It is the book on salvation. His treatise, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so how Paul is setting this book up uh, as a former Pharisee, mm. uh, uh, he's setting this book up. He's writing to Rome. Uh, certainly, Rome was the bedrock of the Roman government, Roman Empire at the time. Uh, so certainly, those people there uh, were going to have a very, very high intelligence, if you will, when it comes to uh, the court system. Right. And so what he does in his, in his uh, uh, divine inspiration from God, he hits them, coming at them as if he's writing the court system out. Mm-hmm. So in this in this in this book, you're going to find the lawyer, you're going to find the defendant, you're going to find the charges that are brought against you, you're going to find the judge, you're going to find the advocate, you're going to find all these people in this book because that's what God's doing. In the first three chapters, it's the gavel coming down, yeah. the guilt of the Jew, the Gentile, and the world, and that's important to know. Yeah. So chapter one, mm-hmm. chapter one is all about the guilt. Of, of 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 the of the Gentile mm-hmm. in the aspect that and, and no it's it's the uh, uh, the guilt of the Gentile in the aspect of hey don't you know it's clearly seen mm-hmm. God, God God you turned your back against me it's clearly seen okay then he goes on to chapter two which let's hold off for a second then he goes on to chapter three right. In chapter three, now he announces the guilt of the whole world, okay? Uh, and where he started talking about the guilt of the world in Genesis one, uh, Genesis Romans one, he finishes it in Genesis Romans three <laughs> <laughs> with the guilt of the whole world. The whole world okay, yeah. so chapter one was the guilt of the Gentile. Mm-hmm. Chapter two is the guilt of who? The Jews. Okay, why? Why would God do that? Because there are three people groups, First mm-hmm. Corinthians ten thirty two. There's Jew, the church, the, the, church, the yeah. Jew, and the Gentile. Obviously, he isn't talking about the guilt of the church. That makes no sense. There is no guilt in the church because mm-hmm. if you're in Christ, you're, you're not guilty. So right. he's not going to bring that up right now. In these first three chapters, what he is bringing up is the guilt of the Gentile world and the guilt of the Jewish world. And then in chapter three, he brings the Gentile world and the Jewish world, and he says, all, all have sinned right. and come short of the glory of God. 
None is righteous. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're mm -hmm. Gentile. None is right. He is nailing both the Jew and the Gentile. That's right. Okay. No doubt, Genesis chapter one, he's writing to the Gentile. Well, let's look at, let's look at Genesis chapter number two. And I keep saying Romans. Genesis. Yeah, I Romans. Don't, you, know what, you want to know why I keep saying that? <laughs> We've been spending a lot of time I, in well, Genesis. Well, yeah, and also I've been doing a study, my, my own personal study in Genesis, so that's why I'm there. <laughs> Sorry about that. But now look at Look what he says in chapter two, verse one. Okay. Therefore. Okay. So what, what is therefore? Everything you said in chapter one. Okay. So what he's talking about in chapter one is the guilt of the Gentile world. Right. And how they turn their back on God and have uh, trucked back into the jungle, if you will. Right. Have, have, have uh, 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 become reprobate in their mind. Right. Go ahead. You're but the thing something. is, is we have to understand that he, when he's doing that, he's telling them, from the perspective of they know that he exists, right? The, the, the lost Gentile heathens, he tells them, heathens. The, and why do the they world, know? They know because of all creation testifies it, right? It, it, it's and proclaimed a, in the general revelation. And because they have a conscience. And because they have a conscience. He's about to go into that right yeah, now. right here in Romans yeah. 2. Yep. Yeah. So now watch. He says, therefore, thou art excusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. So, hey, listen. If you're going to judge other people mm -hmm. and you don't pull the... Beam out of your own eye first. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know what you become? The very definition of what a hypocrite is. Go ahead. Start judging other people mm -hmm. without judging, without pulling that beam out of your own eye. Well, and he, and he, he says, listen, you're going to be inexcusable for doing that. And, and it's, it's interesting that he uses the word inexcusable because, again, back in, in, in the chapter one, he says that the, the heathen that knows God exists and yet de denies him sure. is without excuse. Sure. And so he says, look, you're inexcusable. He says, he says you're, you're condemning mm -hmm. other people, but don't you know that you're condemning yourself mm -hmm. by doing so? Right. Right? And so listen, he's about to say something here, because I remember before I got saved, one of my biggest things, man, I used to always be like, well, what about the pygmy in Africa? That ain't fair. That ain't cool. Look, watch. Watch what he says here, man. He answers the question. He says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, thou judgest them which do such things and doest the same, mm. that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Right. Hypocrite. Or, dis yep. or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing the goodness of God, leadeth thee to what? Mm -hmm. Repentance. Repentance. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasures up unto thyself, See that? Mm. You treasure unto yourself. Impenitent heart. That means unrepentant. Yeah. You, you're treasuring unto yourself mm. uh, uh, wrath. Uh, uh, wrath in the day of, of, of judgment and when the righteous mm -hmm. God is going to, who is going to render to every man according to his deeds, mm. to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for- and There's glory again. And honor, mm -hmm. immortality, eternal life. See, if you're seeking these things- if you're not out there judging other men based on your own criteria, you hypocrite, you're reaping yourself up wrath. How about you go out there and seek glory, honor, and immortality? Eternal How life. about that? Yeah. How about that? He says, but unto them that are contentious. Hmm. You, ever, you ever meet some contentious people? Mm. Yeah. Fortunately, through our church, man, I've met a lot of contentious <sighs> And it's sad. And they're not obeying the truth. Well, they're, what's sad is it if, if at some point I, I have been there probably too. 
and contentious. Sure, yeah. so have I. Sure, <laughs> sure, right. But but look at uh, if we're in that if we're in that realm, we're not obeying the truth. Right. We're obeying unrighteousness. Mm. We're building up indignation. We're building up wrath. This is why we get angry about mm. stuff. This is why we get upset about stuff. This is why we envy. This is why we are hypocrites. This is, we're doing all this because we're not obeying truth. We're obeying Satan, mm. and we don't even realize it. It's automatic, we don't even realize yeah. it. We don't even realize it. And, and look at God's notebook about this. He says, tribulation and anguish upon every soul. I wonder how many people have come up against uh, God and his, his, his Messiah and, and how many people have come up against God and his church have suffered tribulation and anguish. Takes it very seriously. I wonder. I wonder how many people have. You have to wonder why, how we get ourselves into predicaments in life. Maybe it's because you came up against God. Mm. You wonder why a lot of people are, you know, do you remember over there in 1 Corinthians 10 when it talks about if you if you take the Lord's Supper unworthily? Yeah. Many of them had what? Perished. Died. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, they just got sick. <laughs> okay. God takes his church very seriously. <laughs> okay. Maybe. <laughs> and it's interesting because in that, uh, no, uh, that in that light, as we're talking about the Abrahamic covenant, and he says, "I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you." This is this is you know a part of that, like, and that's what he's done. If you stand against Israel, his people, oh, there's going to be a curse coming on you. Bad things are going to happen. Same thing with his church. If you stand against his church, bad things can happen. And now watch. Look at verse nine: tribulation and anguish upon mm-hmm. every soul of man that doeth evil mm-hmm. of the the Jew first, Jew first right. and also of the Gentile. Well, there you go. So Paul is now separating. The mm-hmm. Jew from the Gentile. He's making the point obvious. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. Those would be who? Who sinned without the law? Um, outside of the law? The d- the Gentiles, Gentiles yeah. right? And then as many as sinned in the law mm-hmm. shall be judged by the law. That's, Who would that be? That's the Jews. Okay. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. So listen, man, you can hear mm-hmm. about the law. All, you can go to church mm-hmm. every single Sunday, and you can hear about God's word. Look at the spiritual application here. Okay, obviously he's talking to the Jew about the law specifically, mm-hmm. but if you are just a hearer of the word and not a doer, uh, you're deceiving your own. You're self. deceiving your own selves, right? And he says, "For for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law." Under themselves. Might have the conscience have something to do with oh. that. So you want to know about that pygmy in Africa? Mm-hmm. So here's how righteous God is. God says, okay, you don't have the law, so I'm not going to judge you by the law. You want to know what I'm going to judge you by? Where I wrote it on your heart. Where I wrote it on your heart. That's right. Because you know, mm-hmm. you know, if I can't, listen, you go to a pygmy in Africa and you murder <laughs> his wife, you think he's going to be happy about that? <laughs> you go steal from him, you think he's going to be happy about that? Nope. You go, you, you go start doing some things that are, no, he... He's going to be judged by his own self. God, God's so righteous, he's going to judge that person that's never heard by their own standard. Which is his, which he wrote on their heart, but, which but, you're going but, to but see what here. what I'm saying is, whoa. Yeah. Could, could you imagine being, do you know how, how, do you realize on that day the 
calling out of hypocrisy that's going to be made. Oh boy. You, you judge that person and you did it yourself. Yeah. And God says, you didn't even hear about me. You didn't know, but you know, that ain't right. You know that. Ain't right. Listen, I'm going to judge you by your own convictions. I'm going to judge you. By, how about well, that? See, well, see, that's the thing. I mean, again, we're talking about Romans one and two here, and he's talking, he's about to talk about this thing of the conscience. He wrote his law on your heart. So, and that's, that's the thing going back to like, uh, as we go through Romans, you'll see it. He's like, there's, there's none that will seek after him. Right. Right, because we're, we're, there's none to do with good and unrighteous, no, right. not one. But Romans so how does he do that? Well, he wrote his law on your heart with that yep. conscience. So mm-hmm. he he wrote him, in a sense, he wrote himself on your heart, you know, the light that he put in every mm-hmm. man. That's how he draws man to him, because otherwise we wouldn't even seek after him. He says there's none that seeketh after me. Which brings us back to the uh, covenant that he made with Adam. This is right. when he wrote right. his law. right. On Adam's heart, which now passed that tree. down to all men. Yeah. So that's still in fact. Yes. Yeah, clearly, very. Verse 15 makes that point. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Mm-hmm. There you go. Who? Who? The Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? And, and the conscious also bearing witness, and their thoughts demean while accusing or, or excusing, uh, excusing one another. Mm-hmm. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, by who? By Jesus Christ. According to my gospel. There you go. And now watch. Okay. Because ultimately, the way he's been wording Romans 2 so far, I almost said Genesis again. I had to stop myself. (laughs) He's been talking to the Jew. He has been talking to them because the Jew is the one that has the law. Mm. Right? Yep. And he's, he's referring to how the Gentiles got grafted in, but he's talking to the Jew. And you, if you don't believe that, look at the very next verse. Mm-hmm. Verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makest thy boast of God. So who is going to be the one that does? He's talking to the Jew now, mm-hmm. right? And it says, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. Hey, you got the law. You got you the law. Know you know his still will. messed everything you up. You know what he... Yeah. And now listen, do take the spiritual application, church. Okay. Uh, although this isn't written to us, we can we can spiritually pull that out. Mm-hmm. We do too. Mm-hmm. We know, mm-hmm. at least we should. <laughs> okay. And then he says this, and you're confident that thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge of the truth and the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest not now thyself. You're preaching a man shouldn't steal, but then you go steal. Mm-hmm. You're preaching a man shouldn't uh, commit adultery, but then you go commit adultery. By the way, you can commit spiritual adultery. Oh, sure. you, you, uh, you, you abhorous idols, does thou commit sacred? I mean, idolatry. Listen, by the way, do you notice that he's hitting all of Romans 10 here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the four, or First Corinthians 10, excuse me. Idolatry, adultery, fornication, uh, fornication and uh, uh, tempting Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I'm sure this is all by accident. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, do, do, do you not know? Mm. You're dishonoring thou God. You're, you're stealing his honor. You're stealing his glory. His glory. <laughs> For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. That's, that's an indictment you? there, the Jews. The Jew, as it is written. 
For circumcision, verily profiteth if thou keepeth the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. And that brings us back yeah. to Genesis 17 yes. with the circumcision that yes. uh, uh, Adam, uh, Adam uh, Abraham was commanded to do. Uh, because there is a circumcision physically, mm-hmm. and then there's a spiritual circumcision. So in Genesis 17, this is that seal of the covenant that God makes with Abraham. And he says in verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man, child among you shall be circumcised. He's talking about that circumcision of the flesh of your foreskin, and that shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. Right. So he, that's where so, he establishes that. So back in, so, so let's get this now. Back in Genesis 17, okay, and, and you know what? We should go there because I want to point out okay. a couple things. Check this out because, and don't miss this because it, it really is a, uh, an, uh, an unbelievable thing. So where do you want to start? Um, now watch. <clears throat> this is uh, verse 10. Now watch. This is my covenant, mm-hmm. which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Mm-hmm. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. So would that be physically? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old, I think that's interesting. Oh, it is. How did how did they figure that out? Oh, yeah. And today, medically, that is the best time to circumcise a baby. Do you know why? Uh, go ahead. Because there's a vitamin that spikes yep. within a, in a, yep. a male child at, at eight days, and it's vitamin K. I mean, and vitamin K is certainly the Abraham clotting went, agent. Certain, certainly Abraham went to the medical yes, doctor search. back in the day and got that information. <laughs> it's amazing. Right? And, and every man, child in your generations, be that, be, now watch, born in your house or bought mm-hmm. with money. Of any stranger. Who who was bought with money? Mm. Get the spiritual application now. Who was bought with money? Acts 20, verse 28. Huh? Oh, who was bought? The church. Who was bought with money? The church was bought, purchased, redeemed, yeah. And so now listen, do we have to physically get circumcised? No, it's a spiritual circumcision. It's a spiritual And, and by the way, he says of any stranger. He's talking about Gentiles. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a Gentile church. Who is born primarily. of your house? Do we need mm-hmm. to be born again? Born again, yeah. <laughs> so you see how we're getting grafted into this thing? Do you see how there's a spiritual application to this thing? Mm-hmm. Where they were supposed to be doing it physically, we get in spiritually. There's a di- there's a fundamental thing going on here. Okay, so anyways, with all that being said, let's go back to uh, uh, Romans, and it says uh, uh, in verse number twenty five, for circumcision mm-hmm. verily profiteth if thou keepeth the law. Mm-hmm. The only way going and circumcising yourself is going to profit you is if you keep the law. He he's he's bringing us now to the New Testament application to the Jew, what's going on? God is working differently now. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to explain to them. A different he says, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. You, you, you. James says what? You if break you, one point of the law, you've you broken the whole thing. Yep. You're guilty of the whole thing. And he says this, and shall not uncircumcision, uncircumcision which is by nat- nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does not transgress the law. So now, no, no, stop for a second. Let's, let's, let's think about what's going on here. He's writing to the Jew. He, he, that's very clear. Verse number uh, 17. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And, and what he's bringing us back to is this covenant of circumcision, which no doubt about it, 
is made in Genesis 17. Mm -hmm. So he is bringing this whole thing back to Abraham, mm -hmm. okay, which the Jew certainly would have an understanding about. By the way, he's talking about something in Romans 3, or Romans 2 about the Jew. In Romans 4, he's now going to turn Abraham to our attention. Right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, fun, fun little nugget. There's there no doubt he's talking to the Jew. Mm -hmm. And what he's telling the Jew is, don't you understand that circumcision in this dispensation doesn't profit, it doesn't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. it, it, Jew, don't think just because you're getting circumcised that you're saved. The, that's the point he is making. And so when you get to verse 28, he says, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, mm -hmm. neither is that circumcision, uh, uh, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew. What he's saying is you need to be saved just like the Gentiles are being saved mm -hmm. today. You need to have spiritual circumcision too. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. No doubt about it. He is not, the Gentile is not in verse 28 and 29. That's not who he's talking to. He's explaining to the Jew that you need to have your heart spiritually circum circumcised, spiritual circumcised mm -hmm. just like them. And what would be the best way for him to relate that to the Jews? The law, the, the circumcision of that he gave to Abraham, because they were always talking about our father Abraham and Abraham, Absolutely. Abraham. The greatest way he could relate that to them. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you a spiritual thing, but I'm going to use this physical thing, this part of this this, this uh, covenant, so that you can understand what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and okay, so he makes that statement, right? And, and then look at Chapter three, he's now about to swing it. Remember what we told you. Chapter one, mm -hmm. the guilt of the Gentile. Mm -hmm. Chapter two, the guilt of the Jew. Chapter three, the guilt of who? The world. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Jew and Gentile alike. Verse one. And look at just in think just in case you think, for whatever reason, he wasn't talking to the Jew. Look what he says. What advantage, what advantage then hath the yeah. Jew? What profit is there of circumcision? Much every way chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Uh, do you know this? Okay. Outside of one chapter in the Bible, a Jew was used to write it. Mm -hmm. Did like, you know that? The Jews were the ones who were supposed to proclaim God yes. to all the Gentile world. He gave it all to them. He, he, the seed that we've been talking about, the Messiah, the Savior was coming through him, Abraham, all that. The word of God, the words of God were given to them. They wrote this book. It's a Jewish book. It was Jews who wrote it. Okay, so he gets, I committed all this unto you for a purpose. And, and by the way, uh, he goes on, to, Paul goes on to say that, that, that the covenants, the promises mm -hmm. all, were all given... Listen, starting with Abraham, every covenant from there on out that God makes physically mm. is with the Jew. Jews. That's it. There is no more covenants that God makes with a Gentile. He made a, a covenant with uh, with Adam. He made a covenant with uh, uh, Noah. And, and okay, uh, but once that was done, once he chose Abraham, and once he started to move forward with Abraham and start pushing that that uh, physical covenant he made with Abraham, that's it. He never makes a covenant with a Gentile again. I I would say, find it. Stop with this covenant of grace junk. That's being taught in replacement theology. Mm -hmm. Stop. That wasn't, there is no covenant of grace. And by the way, even if there was, it would have been made with the Jew. 
Okay. There's a dispensation of grace, but that's so different. Be, so you better make sure you understand what you're talking about when you start throwing this junk around. Man. Right. Okay. Because you don't. You're not rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, so there's no doubt in the Romans chapter two passage, he's talking to the Jew. Mm-hmm. This is not, you cannot go to this passage and start to teach. Well, we're spiritual Jews. You're going backwards. You're flipping it. He's trying to tell the Jews, look, this is what's spiritually got to happen. Not the Gentiles. Exactly. Look, you're spiritual Jews. Exactly. You're flipping the script. Well, you see what ha- Well, but don't we do that <laughs> yeah, all the time? Yeah, yeah, That's what, that's the point that we've sure. been trying to make through many, many of our, yep. stop, stop flipping the script. <laughs> we're always trying to make it about us. Right, yep. When the fact of the matter is, uh, man, you're going to find out that most of the Bible is not about us. <laughs> Yes, man, we get in on the promises and those promises are precious and those promises are true and there is hope in those promises. But do know that anything we get in on is for the glory of God. Mm. And if you mess that up, if you screw up that, that precious gift that God gave you, man, there is going to be a great accounting for that. Mm-hmm. There is, and that, and 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 so, Chris, you, you, I think you mentioned uh, before First uh, Corinthians four uh, when we talked about you know uh, how those those seven mysteries, uh, uh, you know what they are talking about, um, you know. So, uh, just real quick, uh, one of those mysteries that we are going to be held accountable for is. Found in Romans 11. Yeah. Right? And so this is the the culmination of Romans 9, uh, 10, and 11, uh, which God directs his attention mm-hmm. uh, to Israel. back to Jews. Israel. Yep. Right? Um, and certainly in, in chapter 9, we can see uh, uh, how uh, Paul has great heaviness mm-hmm. and continual sorrow in his heart. For who? For his brethren, his kinsmen, according to the flesh. And who... Who was his kinsman mm-hmm. and his brethren according to the flesh? Mm-hmm. It was Israel. Yep. And he says that in verse 4. Yep. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, mm-hmm. and the giving of the law, and the servants of God, and the promises. They're right there. So, so no doubt he's making this point. For, 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 uh, and so what people are going to do is they're going to go to verse 6, right? Not as though the word of God has taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Great verse that replacement theologians like to jump to again who's he talking to mm-hmm. yeah the jews he's talking to the jews where do you see us in that mm. you had to pull that out of context you had to put in a presupposition there to make that about us he's clearly talking to the jew stop stop it stop with the the, the, the ridiculousness <laughs> let the bible be the bible okay but he goes through these chapters and and there's a bunch of stuff in these chapters that we could talk about sure. but Let's get to Romans chapter 11 and look what he says here in verse 25, I think it is, right? I'm going off my head here, but I'm pretty sure it is, oh, yep, right? Yep, yep. He says, for I would not brethren, mm-hmm. who's the brethren? It's the Jews he's talking to. the Jews to. that ye be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Mm-hmm. And so all Israel shall be what? 
Saved. Saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Jacob, For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Mm. As concerning the gospel, they, who? Mm. The Jews. The Jews are enemies for your, who? The church. Sake. Mm -hmm. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. I mean, come on, man. We, we are going to be held responsible and we're going to have, a, we have a great stewardship yes. for knowing about this yeah. because it's made very clear in first Corinthians four. What does it say? Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is what required required of a steward to be found faithful. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you don't think you're going to be held accountable for this stuff, then you don't believe your Bible. Mm. If you don't think this matters, you don't believe your Bible. If you don't think that there's a responsibility on you to understand this, then you don't believe your Bible. And you say, oh, you know, come on, man. Well, I would recall what Peter says, right? Sanctify mm. the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Always to give an answer, yep. To give an answer for the hope is within you. Mm -hmm. With what? Meekness and fear. Fear of what? <laughs> fear I'm of just God. curious. Why? Because he's a God of wrath. And he oh, is. Oh, but, but in that context, because he's going to hold you accountable yep. for this. Mm -hmm. That's why. You better fear the Lord. You better fear the judgment. We in the church today, we get so wrapped up in this grace thing that we don't understand the terror of the Lord. Mm. We don't understand the fear of the Lord because we just think everything's covered with grace and we're all good to go. Oh, God, God loves, loves me. You. Yep. God loves me. I'm, free. I, I'm going to make some mistakes, but God's going to take care of me. Park oh, on that. Oh, oh, I trust you. Trust me. God is going to take care of you. Sure. I'm not saying you ain't saved. I don't know. That's between you and him. Right. But what I am telling you is, yes, God is... You think when you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ, you aren't going to have terror going through mm. you? Because I'll tell you right now, man, I feel like I, I'm pretty comfortable in my shoes when it comes to knowing this book, but I know that I don't live this book as much as I should because when I read stuff, I know I ain't doing it. Right. I'm, That's even worse. I'm, t I'm fearing the Lord. Sure. Okay. So if I'm fearing him, uh, listen. And that's not a, I don't take that as a puff up or making it sound like I know more than anybody. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is because of what I know, that's why I'm fearing it. Mm. I'm, I'm fearing that judgment because I'm not living up to the standards of him in me. Mm -hmm. And that is such an important piece to this. We don't get to claim ignorance as a, oh, well, I just didn't know. Oh, no, no. I, I told you that you don't get to do that. Well, you cannot be ignorant of this thing. Doesn't he, doesn't he say yeah. that in Romans 1? Yeah. Didn't he say that in Romans 1? Didn't he say that in Romans 3? You're not allowed to be ignorant. Well, if you're saved and you know me, you, you don't get to claim ignorance. Well, Why? Because you it, have the Holy Ghost hey, to teach you. You didn't want to who's learn. He, who's he talking to in Romans 3? The whole world. The whole world. And he doesn't even let the whole world yeah. claim ignorance. Look what he says. He says, therefore, we can go. go or what, what does he say there? Um, For all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. Come short of the glory of God. Um, uh, hold on a minute. I'm looking for a particular verse here. Yeah, There's none righteous. Yeah, right that there. One. Verse, verse 19. No, now we know that what things soever the law saith, saith to them under the law, that every 
mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. Listen, you aren't going to be able to claim ignorance Mm -hmm. on that day. Now, whether that day be the judgment seat of Christ or whether that day be the great white throne judgment, Mm -hmm. there is, you are not going to be able to plead a cause. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to be able to go, but I didn't know. You did. God's going to say, but I gave you the ability to know. And you want to know what? You were too busy going on vacation. Living for self. Living for self. Doing whatever you were doing when you should have been, in my book, learning how to live my life through you. Mm. Because that's why I left you here. What did we get in on? What was the promise that was given to us that we got in on? We got in on Christ. Mm. We didn't get in on the land. That's not what we got in on. We didn't get in on stealing Israel's promises. That's not what we got on, get, got in on. What we got in on, what was promised to us, was that Christ was going to die for us too. Mm, right. And that we were going to be able to get grafted into his promises through that seed. That's what we got in on. That'd be Romans 4. We didn't replace Israel. That's not what happened here. We got in on the, this special dispensation mm-hmm. called the dispensation of grace, where God is opening the door to the Gentile. By the way, the Jew still can get can get in on during this. Oh, yeah. And what God's doing in this period of time is he's doing something he's never done before. Ever, yeah. He's putting his spirit mm-hmm. in us. This is the most unique time frame of all history where God has done something different than he's ever done before. He's given us the ability, because what's he always trying to do? Dwell with, with his people. And he put himself in us, gave us his Holy Ghost and we don't spiritually. Think, and for some reason, yeah. we just don't think we're going to be held accountable for that. Uh, more so. More so. And I'm just telling you, man, what's, what's fearful for me in my own life and as a pastor, obviously, I'm feel for for the the people that have been in our church and for the people that aren't in our church anymore. Listen, there's a great accounting coming. And and say what you want to say, but I get it. I understand what's coming, and I'm fearful for fearful of it for myself. Mm. And 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 I just we're not being prepared properly. And we're not, and listen, it's not because our church isn't preparing people, because I believe our church is. I think that's what has run us into a lot of trouble Mm. with some people, because I think people just think we're too, whatever, Mm. whatever, say what you want, but that, that tabernacle is in you Mm -hmm. and you need to start acting like the holy men of God that we've been called to be and stop acting like the sinners you used to be because that tabernacle is in you and you are going to be held accountable for that. (laughs) If you don't want to be held accountable in this life, so be it. Do what you got to do, man. Mm. Go down the road you got to go. But I promise you, (laughs) by the word of the Lord, I promise you, the accounting is coming. So we get grafted into this. We we become heirs and co-heirs along with the the Jew and Gentile together in this dispensation of of grace that we're living in now, the church. And, and, And that's how this whole Abrahamic covenant, you know, we get in on it spiritually, um, not literally, not physically, but spiritually. So I think, you know, you've covered or we've covered like all three of those uh, aspects of the, sure. uh, uh, you know, uh, literal, physical, doctrinal and spiritual now. 
uh, of the Abrahamic covenant. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we close this uh, episode down? No, I think a good verse maybe that we can just kind of close out on is over there in First Peter. Okay. <clears throat> um, if you want to go ahead and read it, First Peter one twenty three. I think that's a good, good, uh, good closer right there. Okay. Yeah. Look, look what he says. Yep. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. We've been talking about that seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Right. Yep. And, and what does Peter say there in verse uh, fifteen and sixteen? You got to be holy. For he is holy. But as he which has called you mm-hmm. is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. All manner of and what's he talking about when he says conversation? Yeah, your your life. Your life. What it speaks. Yo, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So yeah, um listen, this Abrahamic covenant is a big deal. It, the application for it in the in the historical, in the spiritual, and in the doctrinal realm, not it's not just a eh, well, it'd be cool if I get around to this. It's a you gotta get this, man. This is a big deal. Jesus talks about Abraham. Paul talks about Abraham. A lot. Uh, these guys all talked about it. John talked about Abraham. Mm-hmm. There's something about all of this. Uh, he, you know, when, when God turns the volume up on something, this is how He does it he in the Bible. It, yeah. He repeats it, mm-hmm. or He starts keeps bringing it up. There's a reason why He keeps bringing up the Book of Leviticus over and over and over in the Book of the New Testament. Why? He's turning the volume up on it. That's how He does it. That's how He He gets us to get our attention on it. Don't get your, don't miss why he keeps turning the volume up on Abraham, because there's some things in there that 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 are very 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 critical to understanding uh, how these pieces of the puzzle fit. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really even get into. There's a lot we didn't get the into. Kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, but do know that the kingdom of heaven is the physical fulfillment. Yes, of the Abrahamic covenant, absolutely. where the kingdom of God is a spiritual fulfillment mm-hmm. of the kingdom or of the Abrahamic covenant. And man, if you don't understand what I just said, that's a big one. I, I promise you, man, you, you, you probably, I'm not even probably, unashamedly, I'm going to say you, you, you are not rightly dividing your word. Because what happens when the, that, that uh, is literally fulfilled is in the millennial reign of where Christ is now sitting on that throne. Um, and, the, and the Jews end up getting all their land, and they have it all at that point. So that's where that whole whole thing comes to uh, its conclusion and its fulfillment. Um, but yeah, we we get the uh, we get the spiritual blessings in this particular uh, dispensation that we're in now. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is good stuff, and uh, you know, we could always park on uh, lots of different points uh, concerning this covenant, and, and as we could probably say as we go through all the rest of the covenants, that there's just uh, a lot of things we won't end up getting into. Uh, but I think that we've uh, we've covered this one from all the areas and that we needed to cover it from. Sure. And we discussed things um, that are very uh, pertinent and very um, important to understand how they relate to, to us and, and how they literally uh, relate to uh, Israel and the Jews. So I think we've, I think we've done a pretty good job at, yeah. at, at, at approaching this so what's one our as next we finish. One? So the next one will be the Mosaic Covenant, I believe. Yep. Yeah. There's obviously some important stuff that's going on there. Sure. And we'll hit that... Uh, that probably take us at least two, I would say. We'll you think? see. Yeah, we'll see. But that's next time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. Yeah, I hope you guys got blessed by this uh, 
message today and uh, have been blessed by these podcasts. We look forward to uh, the next one and uh, we'll see you then. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.